0: Last year, after Katrin won the CrossFit Games, medal around her neck, came walking down the floor. And, you know, to me, me, me and the athlete are big hug, smile. We pulled away from other, looked each other right in the eye. She goes, I'm not as happy as I thought I would be. Because what had she, what's she doing? She's already looking towards next year. There's all, and this is like with a medal still around her neck. She's still in her sweat-drenched clothes. She's already looking towards next year. Happiness is not on the other side of achievement. There's gonna be a whole lot of things that are outside of your control. Let them go. Let them go. Just focus on what is the best thing I can do. The best thing I can do to maximize my potential. It's my potential. It's my potential. Four, three,
1: two, one, go. Okay, Ben. Today. Subject today is going to be happiness, and the reason yay. that it's going to be, yay, we're just gonna we're just gonna laugh for thirty minutes. Um, and the reason it's gonna be happiness is because um, you just told me that one of the things that you guys just have instituted um, or started thinking about over at CFNE for your members is to sort of give a definition or, or, or provide some guidelines as to what you want from them, and and what you guys have come up with is similar to the core values of your coaches, Mm -hmm. um, but for your members, it's hungry, humble, and happy. And all three of those are worthy of a conversation, but I think specifically happiness, um, because I think it's hard, it can be hard to define or it can be really not, not hard to define, but I think everybody can have their own definition of Mm -hmm. it. Um, so, so it's interesting to me to maybe get into a little bit first why you guys thought it was important to sort of put some context around like, what is it that we're trying to, to create here? Yep. And then why happiness? And then we can get into, well, what does that actually mean? Yeah. and How do, how can people um pursue that in a way that maybe makes more sense than just sort of a general, like everybody wants to be happy?
0: Sure. Yeah. So we, we have three core values and we didn't always have three and they weren't always hungry, happy, uh, and humble. they, have been all over the place, but they've always been somewhat, you know, core values are core values. You have somebody to choose from and it's, it, they are what they are. They were, they've never been something that rolls off the tongue. They've never been something that like I could point to one of my coaches, point to one of my members and say, what are our core values? People are like, ah, uh, is it positivity? Um, is it camaraderie? Is it integrity? And people are like, yeah, yeah, that's one. It's Now we have this HHH, humble, hungry, happy, and people that have heard it know it. It it rings a bell. So there's power to it. Yep. There's sexiness to it. Yep. There's a there's a there's
1: stickiness to it. Like once you hear it, it's, it's 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 easier. You record. got it.
0: Yeah. You got it. So really quickly, why do we want to have that? Well, when you create boundaries when you create what you are looking for and you define it for people people are much more likely to chase that they're much mm-hmm. more likely to fall in line with that if you never tell people that you don't want people complaining your gym they're going to complain not think twice about it it's not something that's on their radar whatsoever you start to talk about how we're a complaint-free zone and you start when people complain you start pointing them out be like "Oh, well, that's a complaint you know all of a sudden things start taking a turn for what you want. Now, why do we choose humble, hungry, and happy? Well, there's a really easy answer to that. Is what we're looking for is developing healthier humans. That's what we're trying, that's as a CrossFit facility, as a strength and conditioning gym that is at our core, what we're trying to do first and foremost is improve the health and well-being of our members. So what do we think that, what does that look like from an athlete perspective? Who do we want to be a part of this? And we want is, quickly, I'll dive into happiness a little more, but quickly, people that are humble. That's really what that means is people that are willing to accept feedback, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. be coached, right? If you're not willing enough, if you got all the answers, if you already know how to do this, this might not be the place for you. Right. Right? That's the first one. The next one is hungry. Well, there's no shortcuts to what we do. What we do, everyone knows, is really hard and demands incredible work ethic. And it demands that you have some level of commitment, determination, and that you're willing to put forth the work for an effort. If you're looking for six-minute abs or the magic pill, again, this might not be the place okay. for you. And the third one is happiness. Well, what we found is that people that are happy, people that don't complain, people that have generally a positive mindset, generally perform better. Now, there's some loose correlations to that, that amount, amount of positive you have to the, your performance. But what there's really strong correlations to is people that complain, have a fixed mindset or are negative, don't perform as well. So what we're saying is if you are happy, we believe that you're going to perform better than if you are not. And for us, that is things like open-mindedness and positivity and non-judgments and the like. Now, most people pursue happiness the wrong way. Mm -hmm. They don't understand what It is that creates happiness. Most people believe happiness is on the other side of achievement. It's what we've been told since we were little kids, right? If you work really hard, little Johnny, you'll get good grades. If you get good grades, you'll get into a good school. If you get into a good school, you'll get a good job. If you get a good job, you'll get the pretty wife, the picket fence, and the two and a half kids and the Porsche. Mm -hmm. And then you'll be happy. Or you'll be able to retire and move to the Move to the mountains or the beach, and you'll be happy. Or you'll be able to get the second home and you'll be happy. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's, there's a lot of different studies. There's a lot of different research out there in terms of what creates happiness, but it is not achievement. And we know this, you know, people know this firsthand. If I, can, if I can complete the open prescribed, I'll be happy. Well, you finish the last workout. You've done all the workouts prescribed and you're happy, but that happiness is so short lived. It might be a day. It might be an hour. More likely it's minutes. Mm. The second you finish that last workout, you immediately reassess your goals to be something else. Now I want to be in the top 200. Now I want to be in the top X. Now I want to qualify. Now I want to do this. It's when you start off in a career, It's I'm in an entry-level position, I just want to get promoted. I want to get this entry-level position. Then I want to earn six figures. The second you earn six figures, the second it happens, I know you don't have any happiness. What happens is you immediately, you look at your tax return. You move return, the
1: goalposts. You move the goalposts. <laughs> and
0: it's immediately, immediately something else. Yeah. Now I want to earn 200 or a quarter million or whatever it is. Happiness, you're putting happiness on the other side of a moving target that you're never going to reach. The a great example of this, maybe the best example I could ever come up with, is last year after Katrin won the CrossFit Games, medal around her neck came walking down the floor, and you know, to me, meet me and the athlete are big hug, smile. We pulled away from each looked each other right in the eye. She goes, I'm not as happy as I thought I would be. Because what had she, what's she doing? She's already looking towards next year. There's all, and this is like with a medal still around her neck. She's still in her sweat-drenched clothes. She's already looking towards next year. Happiness is not on the other side of achievements. It happens everywhere, like Instagram. Like once I get a thousand followers, I'll be happy. Yeah, they don't say that to themselves, but that's what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Once they, then once you get a thousand, I want ten thousand. Once you get ten thousand, I want thirty or fifty or hundred. And every time you reach that, you don't all of a sudden now I'm happy. Mm-hmm. You're constantly and moving then the itself. happiness sticks. Yeah, yeah, the happiness. And I'm not saying like don't set goals because it because it won't make you happy. You can achieve happiness when Catherine wins. Everyone's sat on the floor. She's so happy she breaks down in tears. Mm-hmm. But it's not what we think. It doesn't stick. It doesn't last. It's gone really quickly. So, okay. So,
1: um, all of that, all that being said, you, you guys still decided that happy was the right word. So that must mean that either you're defining it differently than other people do, or... You're you're giving it a certain context that, that most people don't. We're chasing
0: to. it differently than everybody else. Does. Okay, so, so everyone what does that else look is like? chasing it. They think that when they get the three hundred pound deadlift, they'll be happy. They think that when they can run a six minute mile, they'll be happy. They think that when they have a six pack and they're really confident on the beach, they'll be happy. You're not. Okay. There's three things that we found that create happiness: not status, not fame, not glory, not achievement. There are three things that do create happiness. And the first one is gratitude. It's recognizing what's already in your life. It's recognizing the abundance that we have. It's turning have-tos into get-tos. There's a lot of things that people just take for granted that they're not realizing how great they have it. I have to go to the gym today. I have to pick up my kids from soccer. I have to go to the grocery store. I have to go to work. No, you don't. You get to go to work. You get to cook dinner tonight. You get to go to the grocery store. You get to go to the gym. You get to have a job. You get to coach your kids' soccer teams. Those are things that most people in the world would literally chop off a limb for the opportunity to maybe be able to do those things. You know, I know this firsthand. Like, you know, I'm lucky enough to have a great family right now, but we had trouble having kids. You know, Heather had a couple miscarriages. When you go through an experience like that, it's amazing how you realize how important that is to you. Now, when, you know, when the kids are crying, when you're having that tough day, when you're stuck in the moment of like what seems like a really tough day, it's not. It's still amazing. There's a great story of this girl, young mother who is, you know, going through this horrific cancer treatment, you know, she's going through chemo and or, I don't know the story exactly, but and or radiation. She's really sick and she's just spent weeks and weeks in the hospital. And she just says, I would give anything with tears streaming down her face. I would give anything for the chance right now to change a messy diaper. (laughs) Like perspective, right? You get to change a messy diaper. It's not something you have to do. So that's the first thing is gratitude. Mm-hmm. And it can show up by a number of different things. Turn have tos and get tos by just journaling, writing down, you know, three things that you're grateful for today. Every morning the shower, say three things that you're grateful for. You it'll start off with like, you know, I'm grateful for my wife. I'm grateful for my kids. I'm grateful for my job. I'm grateful for whatever it is. The obvious things. But what happens is as you start to say those things the next day, try not to repeat them. And what do you do? If you're not allowed to repeat them, what do you do throughout the day? Mm-hmm. You have to look for them, You have to search for him. Yep. What am I happy for? What am I grateful for? Well, there's, um, I'm gonna get the term wrong, but like, um, psychological psychological association. Like, mm-hmm. what you look for, you see more of. Right. right. You're gonna buy a new, you know, F150. All you do is see F150s yeah. on the on the streets everywhere. You're gonna get new shutters for your house. All of a sudden, you're paying to ev- pay attention yeah. to everyone's shutters. Yep. You look for good things, and what do you see more of? You see more good, good things. things. Um, that makes
1: me think of the, and I heard Harry, your head coach here at New England during one of our immersions, and maybe you can kind of give a quick synopsis of what this is, but you know, look around the room at the, at the red
0: things. So this is one of the things that we, it's one of the tools that we use, one of the exercises we use to exemplify this. And we do just that. So we have everyone, we're gonna give you 10 seconds and count all the red things you can in the room. Three, two, one, go look around, look around. Eight nine ten good raise your hand if you saw over ten things everybody raise their hand raise your hand if you saw over twenty things and a few people raise your hand if you saw over thirty things and a couple of people raise their hand so people saw between ten and thirty things that were red because they were looking for them okay now close your eyes raise your hand if you saw over ten things that were blue no hands go up right why is that because they weren't looking for them if you're looking for negative things in your life you're gonna see more negative things if you're looking for positive things in your life you're gonna see more positive things. Even if they're not positive or negative, what they are is something in the middle, but you pull it towards you. People look around and they see the traffic cones and they're like, those are orange, but I'm gonna count them as red, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah, Because they want to, they wanna see it as red. They see like a faded um, bumper plate that used to be red and now it's pink. And they're like, that's red. I know it was red because they're drawing on past experiences. They're associating these experiences or these colors with what they want to see. Well, if you're looking for negative in your life, it's going to be all around you. Mm. If you're looking for positive, it's going to be all around you. If you see more positive things, you're be generally happier. That's why gratitude works and recognizing the abundance in your life. Um, before we get on to the, the other two things,
1: and I'm only asking because I don't remember what it's called, but I know that Heather fills out, it's like- Yep, five-minute journal. No, five-minute journal, okay. okay. So um, that's something that folks might want to look into. It's literally a journal and it, it gives you- he, and you can, you know better than I, but it's like three things I'm grateful for that today. That would assume I read her journal. <laughs> yeah. Well, she posted it on Instagram. <laughs> oh, on yeah, yeah, so yeah. Everybody yeah. reads it. <laughs> um, but it basically, you know, it's three things I'm grateful for today. And I think it's like three things that, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe you can give a little bit more detail as to.
0: It's it's a called the five minute journal and she's very religious about it. She does it every single day. Um, and one of the sections is three things I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. Which is great. It's perfect. There's other things in there as well as um, things like um, today would go really well if I fill in the blank.
1: That's what it is. Yeah.
0: Today was uh, tomorrow. I could do a better job of fill in the blank. Um, Three things I'm grateful for. And there's a couple other things as well. But it is a powerful thing that she's stuck to. And she says has moved the needle for her. Really you know, cool. she, she so feels really good can, with that.
1: Folks can just look, yep. just Google that and I'm sure that they find it. Yep. Okay, so gratitude is the first thing. What, what is the second thing?
0: Gratitude is number one. The second one is giving back. The big caveat to this one is money doesn't count. Mm. So it counts for the people getting it. We were just having a discussion about, before this started, about money and you know, where the threshold is for yep. where it actually tips the needle and all that. If you are on the poverty line or below, like, Money is going can make you happier. Like if you can all of a sudden get a roof above your head, if you can get your next meal, that's a huge thing for you. That's gonna make people happier. Here's the thing though, is you giving money is and I'm not saying don't give money because it it's great, it's philanthropic, it can move the needle for a huge section of the population that need it. But what it won't do is make you happier. Mm-hmm. You giving away money doesn't make you happier because it's a completely renewable resource. Mm-hmm. You give away $100, you, get, you can make another $100 back. You give away $10,000, you can get $10,000 back. It won't make you happier. And this, we kind of know a little bit. If you came into this meeting today and you're like, hey, you know how's it going? Good. I'm like, what'd you do this weekend? You're like, I donated $10,000 to this charity. I'm like, wow, Patrick, that's pretty cool. You know, My opinion of you might change slightly. I'm yeah. like, wow, he's a, he's a good guy. That's mm-hmm. really cool. If you tell me, I say, what did you do this weekend? You tell me you donated 10 hours to a charity or you spent 10 hours on something that's helping another person, that completely changes my opinion of you. And the other thing is, it can make you happy. Mm-hmm. It's a non-renewable resource. When you're giving that away, that's what changes things. You giving away something that you're never gonna get back, which is time, mm-hmm. I think it might be the only non-renewable resource. Energy is renewable. Yep. You know, money is renewable. Like all these, it's the only one that I can really come up with. If you give that away to someone else, it moves you. It mm-hmm. makes you a more whole person. You know, I'm not religious, but the Bible I think probably talks a lot about this. Yep. There's a reason for it. Yep. The second one is giving back, but money doesn't count. You got to give your time. The third one, which trumps the other two. By a tune of, I can't even think of how mag, much more magnifies than the other two, is relationships. Mm-hmm. Having deep, meaningful, loving relationships makes people happier. Now, here's the cool thing not only does it make people happier, we're in the business of getting people lean, improving their performance, living longer, pushing off the nursing home. Lowering triglycerides and running faster mile times. That's what our business is. In one of the biggest epidemiological studies that has ever been done, it was done by Harvard University and it ran for 70 years, which is unheard of for a study. The reasons being funding dries up, or the number one reason that these studies stop after a decade or so is because the researchers either lose interest retire or die. Right. Like if you're, if these researchers are started, these projects in their fifties or sixties, they don't, they don't, they don't carry They can't on. give it
1: 70 years. They can't keep <laughs> it going
0: for 70 years. Yeah. This one's gone on for 70 years. It was done by Harvard university. It was done in Boston where they did. They took this subset of the population and they pulled people from the poorest neighborhoods in Boston to the most affluent kids that are attending Harvard. And they studied these people for 70 years. And as technology grew, These studies became very in-depth. Not only was it fill out a questionnaire, like most ridiculously lame studies are the way they do it. They spent weeks with these people in their homes, in the offices. They did blood tests. They did MRIs. They did everything that they could to, to determine the level of happiness and fulfillment and satisfaction that was in these people's lives and the causes for it. And they did everything from environmental... To stress, to eating meat, seeds, nuts, fruits, mm-hmm. little starch, all that, to the, the what they're doing for exercise, to everything, right? They figured out everything. And the number one correlate to the people that lived the longest, healthiest, disease-free lives were people that had the best relationships. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter how many relationships they had, it was the depth of those relationships. That's incredibly profound. So if we're trying to get people healthier, live longer, perform better, push off disease in the nursing home, thrusters and vegetables are a really powerful (laughs) mechanism for that, right? Yeah. But what this study is saying is equally as powerful, if not more powerful, is how strong are your relationships. Relationships make people happier and they make people live longer lives. So it has very little to do with how many friends you have It has zero to do with what your social media following is. It has everything to do with how deep are the relationships you have. Are you willing to be vulnerable? Are you willing to share your fears and your loves and what makes, you know, your strongest beliefs and have really deep, meaningful conversations? If you have, you know, high fives and attaboys and, you know, You know, how you doing today? Good, you know, can you believe the weather? Those are not deep, meaningful relationships. Those do not make you happier. I don't care if you do that with 600 people a day. It's more important to have six or less. I'm not putting a number on it, but it's more important to have less, but really deep, meaningful relationships. So the way we attack happiness has very little to do with achieve your goals and you'll be happy. Mm -hmm. We're still goal oriented. We still have a goals board. We're still doing that, but that's not because we know we're gonna be happy at the end. It's just a, a stepping stone for us. Yep. What we're doing is we're trying to get people to ha- be grateful, recognize the abundance in their life, give back to communities, give back to other people. And then thirdly is have really strong relationships. And what better place to do that than inside the walls of a CrossFit gym where everybody is already vulnerable, yep. where everybody is already exposing their weaknesses, where we already has this breaking down and peeled back three or four layers of the onion and exposing themselves, you know, shared camaraderie is what builds community Mm -hmm.
1: from a personal perspective how have you seen well one sort of where did that revelation come from for you um i don't imagine you were born with the with the understanding that happiness may look like this but it's actually these three things so Mm -hmm. like where what sort of what steps or, or what what kind of happened to allow you to to recognize that those three things were were sort of the key.
0: Uh, I think digging into some sports psychology, mm-hmm. um, you know, I read a lot of sports psychology, and one of the the the, the fixtures of it is you can't focus on the end result. Mm-hmm. If you focus on the end result, you focus on the goal. It's outside your control, and even if you win the championship, even if you clean jerk three hundred pounds, even if you um, make the top two hundred in the open. That's not going to create fulfillment. It's not going to create happiness. So then you start to dig into what does and you start reading and start, you know, listening to some people that are a lot smarter than me. And I just kind of started piecing these things together.
1: Mm -hmm. Do you, how do you, um, how do you talk about this idea, whether they're members or one of your kids or Heather, like how do you start to approach because it, it can be, I imagine it can be a really fundamental sort of shift in perspective or, or serious mm-hmm. paradigm shift from the achievement defined happiness, which yep. I think I'll, for whatever reason we're fed quite a bit to this other, um, this other idea, or this other perspective. Like how do you approach that with somebody who you know needs to hear this or you know needs to start to implement some of these ideas because you've seen them chase, whether it's money, whether it's a frantime, like whatever yep. it is, like, where do you start with somebody?
0: So first, I, I think chasing a certain time, chasing a income level, chasing a promotion is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. That's growth. That's um pursuit of excellence. Mm-hmm. That's, I, I want people to be doing that. Yep. And when I was kind of layering these three things in there, I actually toyed with putting that in there Mm -hmm. in terms of like
1: having like the fourth thing is having the fourth thing is like
0: is pursuing, pursuing betterment. Gotcha. But when you start to, there's, there's people, um, in certain civilizations that are not doing that, that are incredibly happy. There are people that just go out and, you know, kill a gazelle in Africa and then they come back and they share it with the tribe. And you look at these people and they're incredibly happy, you know? My daughter's been, you know, she's a junior in high school and she's been to visit um, Rwanda and Kenya and South Africa. And she's been to these places and she comes back reporting with how incredibly happy these people are, regardless of this incredible poverty that they're living in. Mm -hmm. You know, they're living on something like, I want to say it's like, you know, under $20 a month is like, if you have $20 a month, you are like royalty. It's incredible. So they're not, those people are not there constantly trying to, they're not reading Tony Robbins and, (laughs) you know, Stephen Covey and, you know, trying to improve their fran times, but they're incredibly happy. So I pulled that one out. You know, having said that, I'm very goal oriented. I'm always trying to move the needle in every direction of my life. And, you know, I've systemized everything I can, all of that (laughs) stuff. Um, And the next part of that is I forgot your question.
1: What was my question? Oh, it was, how, yeah, so how would you approach how to the approach conversation? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: <laughs> Tangent alert. You were just hoping to talk your way back into the I, answer there. Um, um, so the way I, I kind of approach it for something that is relatable to them. Mm-hmm. So if they're a really high-level CEO, I'll say, like, you know, remember when you start off in your career and you wanted to – you're making thirty grand and you just wanted to, like, get that mid-managerial position. And you're like, you thought when I got there, I'd be happy. And when you got there, were you happy? And they're like, no, I wanted – to be a senior manager. it's like, okay, once you become a senior manager, were you happy? It's like, no, I want to be a VP. That make happy? No, I wanted to be, you know, a um, the CFO and I want to be the CEO. And are you happy now that you're the CEO? Not really. <laughs> you know, in fact, maybe I was happier when I was, you know, someone... Yeah. Of- okay. So if we... And you kind of relate it back to that. You know, now that you have a 245 Fran time, are you happy with that time? Are you satisfied? Are you done? No, I want to be under two thirds. Okay, so let's re- let's remove. Let's still chase that, but let's not put happiness with that. Mm-hmm. That's something different. Happiness is something else. Let's kind of define it in these terms, and you know, let me kind of lay these out. And whether you agree or not is totally up to you. But this is the way that I've kind of this is the, the the theory that I've come up with.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome. So last question is just if somebody listening or watching recognizing that recognizes maybe that they have put too much of their sort of uh too much emphasis on achievement say what, where would you say is the is the best like i want to do something about this today like i want yeah. to i want to start i want to start fixing this or i want to start working on this what is the first thing you would recommend somebody does is it like is it the journal is it yeah. like where
0: where where do you start great question um, I would start with the have-tos and to-get-tos. Okay. It's the easiest one, I think. It doesn't require you even picking up a pen. Mm-hmm. There's no buying a book. There's no extra time out of your day. It doesn't require anybody else at all. The easiest thing to do is anytime you th- hear yourself saying, I have to, stop yourself and repeat it with, I get to. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's internal or...
0: Internal or, or external. Yeah. Yep. And we... So my kids know this, like you know, all of all of our members know this. Yep. Like we all call each other out on this all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I have to go do my homework. No you don't. <laughs> no you you don't. Yeah. You get to go do your homework. Like yes, you're right. And maybe that gets annoying from a dad or something like that, but the message is there and it's it that's what's the important part. Mm-hmm. You know, our members are like, "Okay, I got to go. I have to go pick up the kids." No, 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 no. Mary, you don't have to go pick up the kids. You get to go pick up the kids. It's like, okay, yeah, check Ben. Got it. Got it. Yeah. All right. Awesome. We'll leave it at that. Thank cool. you. Thanks, Pat.